0: To learn more, visit nature'sway.com slash pearls and use code Chelsea10 at checkout for 10% off any Pearls probiotics. Terms and conditions apply, valid through July 31st.
1: Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girl Bomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women.
0: We all know how important it is to get a good night's sleep. I know that if I don't sleep for eight hours a night, I am not as sharp. From memory foam mattresses that hug in all the right places to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort Good afternoon, uh, Ka- uh, Catherine. Karen, Hello. I almost called you Karen. <laughs> oh my God. That's the, li- you know, my old assistant's name is Karen, and she is really de- dealing with the wrath of being oh, named Karen. Goodness. She's like, I hate
2: being called Karen. We actually got an email from someone who said that she's dealing with so much of like losing her love for her name that she's having suicidal ideation. Oh, oh. Like, it's really impacting oh, her.
0: yeah. Maybe so. we should lay off the Karen and move on to another name then. Yeah. Or just stop acting like that. <laughs> exactly. So, how's everything going? What's going on in your world? Wow.
2: So... I and my husband actually put our first offer in on a
0: house. Oh, congratulations. That's exciting.
2: Yeah, we're shopping and it's all very new and sort of confusing.
0: Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, that's fun.
2: Super stoked. We found a a cute place in Altadena, which feels very far away. But that's where I sell my
0: breast milk in Altadena. Uh (laughs) Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, vaccinated in horny breast milk. You can find it there. <laughs> That's exciting, Car- yeah. uh, Karen. <laughs> c- congratulations. Well, thank you. I hope you. you get the house.
2: Thank you. Yeah. And But you're still doing renovations on the house, you oh, got yes. last year, right? Oh, yes. And they came
0: in with what began as one estimate has ballooned into a completely different number. So my business managers sent me an email last week that sounded like I was an, four years old. <laughs> um, they were like, Chelsea, in all caps. <laughs> How can you possibly think this is an acceptable budget? (laughs) I was just like, fuck off. (laughs) I'm like, God, they're just such alarmists. Yeah. Everything is so, meanwhile, You know, you can never trust anything With budgets and contractors I don't know what I'm doing I mean, I've lost all Like, I used to be so excited about projects Now I'm just like, whatever Joe's renovating his house I'm renovating my house So we've been in a rental for almost a year Wow Together, which is nice It's like a little nice landing spot But it's in Beverly Hills And I told you about all the plastic surgery faces Mm, I see walking mm -hmm. around That I don't like that That looks like my future And I'm not down with (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, you still look like yourself Thankfully, you don't look
2: like plastic surgery well
0: person. thank you because I haven't had plastic surgery so I hope I <laughs> fucking don't look like that they all start to look alike when you get too much. I know, because as soon as you start aging, you're like, oh, what would this look like if you pull your fucking, you know, cheek back? You're like, yes. oh, I like this. But yeah, I don't want to have to get a facelift, but I, yeah. who knows? I probably will get one. I don't know. Joe won't be down with that. But, you know, he doesn't really have any say in the matter anyway. That's right. I have shows coming up this weekend. I am in Pittsburgh on June 2nd. June 3rd. I am in D.C. I have two shows in D.C. There are tickets available for the second show. And then I am in Philadelphia on June 4th. And then I'm back in Huntington, Long Island for my third show there on Saturday night. Or is that a Sunday night? I don't know. It's this weekend, though. Pittsburgh, Philly, D.C., and Huntington. Amazing. And my boyfriend is going to be with me. Ooh. Yeah, because he's directing my special, so he's going to be there, and I'm going to drag him on stage. (laughs) Excellent. I'm also
2: going to pull up...
0: My horoscope? (laughs) Yes. What sign are you, Catherine? I'm a
2: Pisces. I'm
0: a Pisces. (gasps) We're both both Pisces. Pisces? Wow, I didn't know that. Fantastic. When's your birthday? March 15th. Oh, my God, that's my sister Simone's birthday. What? The Mm -hmm. Ides of March? Yeah, Pisces are the most... That birthday... Is probably the most, my sister's the most diplomatic, easy person to get along with. Yeah? Yeah, she's pretty much my coolest friend is Simone. Aw, yeah. I love that. She's the one you talk about retiring to Vermont with, right? And becoming lesbians. Right, yeah. right. She's the sister that I'm thinking romantically about, futuristically. Well, not not really because I have Joe now, so I can't even, yeah, I don't think yeah. we're going to thruple up. Although I think both my sisters would be open to it if I could be quite frank, yeah. which I believe I can be. They can live in the mother-in-law suite in the back somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. But I told her to pack up her Birkenstocks because we're heading to Maine. (laughs) Where I'm going to buy a farm and who knows what's going to happen from there on out. You're going to get really into gardening. I know. I'm excited about our guest today. Me too. Because she's sweet and she's a comedian. She hosts that HBO show, which is called F-Boy Island, Mm -hmm. right? HBO Max. And she is the star of her own reality show, which is now on E!, which is called Welcome Home, Nikki Glaser. We have Nikki Glaser on the show today. Let's talk to her. Hi, Nikki. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, COVID.
3: (laughs) I don't have COVID. I just took a test. I thought I had it, and I... Sometimes oh, you just shitsky. want COVID to just like change your life. I was just coming to LA for a bunch of press. And I think this was the only thing I was looking forward to, to be honest <laughs> with you. And I'm so glad it could be done remotely. But I think I just was like, yes, I have
0: COVID. I got to go home. But I, I know, great. I know what you mean. So do you think you had it?
3: I tested positive back in um, August for like the Delta kind. So I definitely am capable of getting it. But I was in, so my co-host on my podcast and my Guy who opens for me on the road, he's positive right now. And he caught it from Natasha, but he's been positive
0: for months. <laughs> Natasha <laughs> is a cesspool, too. Shout out to Natasha. I just read her book that she has coming out. It's called The World Deserves My Children. It is <laughs> the fucking funniest parenting book I've ever read. So, anyone listening, please go get oh my Natasha Legere's. She wrote a book. Oh, yeah. It's so good. And it's <sighs> so funny. And Moshe, her husband, is so useless. Um, (laughs) So for anyone who's a parent, pre-order this book. And even if you're not a parent and you want to instill and like cement the idea that you've made the right decision, this book will also cement that for you. That's good. Yeah, Natasha, while she was
3: possibly transmitting COVID to me in this little green room backstage, convinced me to freeze my eggs. I was so adamant that I don't need to do that. I just know what I want. And after talking to her for like four minutes... She infected me with COVID. probably having a baby at some point. <laughs> I was like, don't do this to me. I don't want to have to do this whole thing. But Are you going to go
0: freeze? Do, are you interested in having children, Nikki?
3: No, no, Chelsea, I'm not. I feel really good about not doing it, but I'm just right. fearing
0: that I will at some point. It's How just old are
3: you? I'm, 30, I'm about to be 38 in a month, so it's the time to, to freeze them. It's probably a little too
0: late. Yeah, I think she was 38 when she froze hers. An official selection of Deadline calls the film a touching testament to the power of love. IndieWire says it's funny and moving. And according to Next Best Picture, Ezra approaches autism with heart and authenticity. Only in theaters nationwide May 31st. needed most. To learn more, visit naturesway.com slash pearls and use code CHELSEA10 at the checkout for 10% off any Pearl's probiotics. Terms and conditions apply. Valid through July 31st. We all know how important it is to get a good night's sleep. I know that if I don't sleep for eight hours a night, I am not a sharp Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses, plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Chelsea for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Chelsea.
2: I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can
4: help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that
2: you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now
0: and hit follow. Hi, it's Chelsea here. If you've noticed that your hair isn't looking as full as it used to, Zion Health is here to help. Zion stands out as the experts in men's and women's hair loss treatments I didn't realize that up to 50% of women struggle with hair loss which is weird because we need to be talking about that more. Zion has treatments for all stages of life, including for hair loss due to menopause or pregnancy. Zion offers medicated and non-medicated solutions that are developed by dermatologists to maximize the growth and density of your hair. Getting a prescription is simple. Their online consultation platform gives you convenient access to personalized treatment plans. Hair loss gets more and more difficult to treat the longer you wait, so seek help with them soon. Visit xyonhealth.com to get started. That's xyonhealth.com. I'm so excited to talk to you
3: today, at all, really, because your most recent book meant a lot to me. And it makes me excited to confront things that I'm like kind of, you know, avoiding. And so I I actually did a lot during COVID, but I'm still running from something. You did a lot of therapy during COVID? I mean, I've always done a lot of therapy, but during COVID, it got bad. I got constant suicidal thoughts. I mean, I was living with my parents. I was in between apartments in New York. I was upgrading my life. I got rid of all my furniture, got an apartment that is three times as much as I ever even considered paying for rent. I was like, it had an elevator opening onto it. Like I was like, I deserve this. I'm having a good year. And my lease started March 1st, 2020. And I was in LA until the 15th. And then I just never went back. I just went to my parents' house to just wait it out. And then I stayed there Paid for this apartment for fucking 11 months until I found a sub letter on the last month. And then I just stayed in St. Louis. I moved out of my parents' house. But I knew that when things shut down, I was not going to be okay on my own. I lived alone, but I didn't really... I just would always go home after doing sets all night long and being out all day doing podcasts and running around. And I would just go to sleep. I didn't like... I never sat alone with myself. I couldn't like be alone with a book. It was just only going home to sleep. And so the idea of living alone and not having anywhere to go, I was so scared. So I just went to my parents. And then well, I wasn't good after a little bit, I think it just, I was just so depressed during, I mean, who wasn't? And I just was, I've always struggled with like suicidal ideations, but they just, there was nowhere, there was nothing to make them stop during that time. And so things were going well. Like I was still like co-hosting Jimmy Kimmel and doing Zoom appearances. People still remembered me. It wasn't like I was, I think initially I thought I was scared of being forgotten or something, but it just d- didn't matter. That's the other thing. It's like my parents being like, but you're killing it. Things are great. Why do you want to die? And I was just like, I just, I just do. And so I think that forced me to, to get help. I got in recovery from my eating disorder, which became uh, loud and clear during COVID because there was nothing else. That one I had been burying forever. And so that was, I think what got me to a place I am now where I, um, brutally honest, even though I was before, you know, like as a comedian, you're just like, I just say everything and I share everything, but I wasn't really being honest. And now I think looking at how terrible my food situation was (laughs) and my relationship with it, it like really, it forced me to like get help. And that was the one that was always like, I quit drinking, I quit smoking weed, I would quit everything else. But that was like, I don't want to give up binging and starving and all that. And then I finally had to give that up. And that's where it gets. All the, all the feelings come in and then there's no stand up. That's another drug. Right. Like just going on stage and getting it, just these little like dopamine hits, doing podcasts, do it. Like I just filled my life with podcasts. That's why I started doing it fucking four times a day. I was just like, there, I can't just do nothing. What do people do?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I feel like you're not alone. A lot of comedians are out there projecting onto the world their honesty when they are hiding things underneath that. Like that, you know, I can relate to that for sure. Personally, the thing is, everyone has their shit. It's not like you're the only one struggling with something, you know, so it feels very lonely when you're experiencing an addiction. But it's so common.
3: Yeah. I think I have to talk about like the reality of what my eating disorder looked like. Because I would say, you know, oh, I would binge, but like, what does that really look? Like? What does that mean? I'm also like a, a thinner woman, so people go, okay, sure, I'm sure you bit. What is? And I would say, oh, I wake up in the morning and there's like seven protein bar wrappers because I've starved all day and I eat throughout the night. There were really like 17. Like that's the kind of honesty I'm talking about, where it's like you you say something shocking and honest, but what's the reality? Is it was thousands and thousands of calories that I was. Putting in, and then I'm the same way of like, I can kind of cold turkey something and and put these like really hard limits on myself and stick to them. But to me, something else just pops for me, something else pops up to fill that. So, with bulimia, when I was throwing up, I just kept getting a mouth acne that just would no matter how much I scrub my face afterwards, brush my teeth, I just couldn't. And I could, it was a vanity thing where I go, Okay, well, I can't throw up anymore because this is fucking giving me gigantic. Vulcan- like volcano acne around my mouth. So then I go, okay, I'll run f- six miles every day, no matter what. And then I fucking sprain my leg. And then I'm like, okay, well then I'll just starve all day and call it intermittent fasting. And then uh, suddenly it's uh, something that I can, I can get away with being anorexic now and just call it intermittent fasting. Like this is awesome. So it, I just kept finding ways. And I think when COVID hit, I just, I really had this moment where I woke up in bed and there were all these protein bar wrappers because that's all I was living on was these protein bars and just starving all day and just trying to figure out what to do all day so I didn't eat. And that's why I would fill up my life with stuff. And then I realized, oh, my God, this is why I'm living with my parents. This is why I don't have a boyfriend. This is why I can't let anyone near me. It's because I, I have wrappers in my bed. I, I'm not being honest. I, I can't let someone go grab my purse and get something for me ever because I have so many gum wrappers in there because I was also addicted to gum chewing like I was like a cigarette smoker I was like I'm at I'm four packs a day like I've tried it that was a small day and I was just bloated and sick from it and wasting all this money on gum like having to have Amazon ship me gum on the road just because this place wouldn't have my I mean it was just sick but it was so manageable because no one says anything and I could sneak gum and pop pieces without people even noticing that I was doing it. I would clean up the wrappers in the morning, but it was still like this part of my life that if someone opened that door and looked in would go, what the fuck? And I think my reality show now is a response to having nothing to hide. Like you can go in my purse now. You can go in my closet. It's a mess, but there's not food wrappers. It's not, you're not gonna find throw up stains in my toilet. There might be like shit stains, but that's like an appropriate thing to be in the toilet. You know, like I still have shameful things, but it's not, the things that I'm deeply ashamed of and hiding, there's nothing I'm hiding anymore. So I think I always wanted to do a reality show, but I was like, I can't because I'm not, it would be too hard to hide everything. And what if they found out this one thing and behind my back, the producers started a storyline and, and it came out because you don't really have con- as much control as you'd think you have. But at this point I was like, oh, well, they could find anything. And I'm just like, yeah, all right. Well, I do that. That's fine.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to keep yourself honest. yeah. <laughs> I just feel like if the world watches
3: my reality show and is like I just always have this feeling my whole life of being disgusting. I can't keep a clean room. I stain everything. My mom always saying this is why you can't have nice things. Like I just am like a dirty person. Always feel like inside stained. And now I just am like yeah, I just have ADHD. Like that's kind of how <laughs> it that's what it is. And I'm not a bad person cuz I'm a disaster in terms of organization. Like I need help. Whereas I really felt like a bad person with all this eating stuff, which I still have shame about, but at least I figured it out and it's not there anymore. And I feel like with the reality show, it's my final like get it. I didn't I didn't buy new makeup. I didn't do my makeup. I didn't buy new clothes. I didn't straighten my house up before the cameras came. I really made an effort to be like, this is I really want to be okay with myself. And I wanted to kind of teach my mom, stop trying to be something for people. My mom's on the show and it was a lesson for her to like, people are going to see a side of you, literally that you might think you look heavy or something. Like, let's see what happens. See what happens. Like I would go, the housewives, you love all these women and they're deplorable. They're bad people, but you, you love them. So people are going to love you and you're not deplorable. I think doing the show is a test of like, Just self-acceptance a little bit.
0: Mm, I like that. That's a good flip for a reality show or, I mean, a good way to talk about a reality show because so many reality shows are not what you see. Like, it's not. Yeah. It's so ridiculous, you know, like these scenes that they set up and obviously you have yes. to set up scenes but you want them to take their natural path and I typically do not watch reality television because of that. It's like I'd rather watch good actors act instead of <laughs> regular people act. But I like what everything you're saying, Nikki, and I feel for you. <laughs> and I, I, I hope you reach out I'm me, good. reach out to me ever anytime you ever need <laughs> to talk to like someone seriously always that's reach so nice. out to me I mean it because I feel that from you honestly we don't know each other
3: that well but I I you're just someone who's so non-judgmental and I mean that's what I f- I find in my female comic friends it's like we just we're so honest and thank god for other female comics you can just get so honest so fast and and we are all all there for each other so I appreciate that I really am doing well though I I talk very honestly about the things I worry about, but I feel like overall I'm feeling pretty confident and and happy and living in St. Louis and like saying, okay, I'm not going to live in L.A. or New York, which was an obsession of mine because I just didn't want anyone else to get better at comedy than me, because it's all about competition. Like I was also out every night because, you know, as a comedian, you're as good as as many times like it's like working out. You got to do it all the time and if you're not doing it and you see someone else on a lineup you're like she's getting better than me and it's always a she because (laughs) i'm a fucking human who feels competition where and there isn't room for all of us (laughs) so like i hate this idea of like don't be jealous of other women lift them up i believe in lifting other women up but it's okay to feel jealous of other women there really isn't room for all of us they kind of only have one quirky best friend in in comedy movies like there's not two like you might get a you might not get a role because another woman exists like I have to embrace that sometimes I get jealous and that it's okay for people to be better than me and work harder than me and that I deserve a goddamn break
0: yeah, and I also think that there is room for everybody. It's just not what you have in your mind. You have this yes. idea like, yeah, you. there's a quirky best friend role. There's one in each movie. But how many movies have a quirky best friend role? Several. That's a good point. Listen, the jealousy thing is a natural human instinct. That happens whatever you're doing. You know, it's very, I'm, I've yet to meet somebody that's not jealous or doesn't have jealousy or look at someone else and be competitive and be like, wait, why are they getting that? Why am I not getting that? It's a matter of how you react to that jealousy. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a matter of how you respond to that feeling because that is a human feeling and it's totally normal and typical. But a- anytime I don't get something and I go, oh, I would have liked that or something, I just go, look at everything you have. Like, look yes. at what you have. How could you ever, ever be like, I want that? Like, if anything, I, I should take a step back and say, okay, I'm not going to take anything any of these opportunities for however many years and just be generous and munificent, I love that. you know? I mean, I'm not going to do that, but you know what I'm saying.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, Louise Hay, I don't know if you've know have ever heard of this woman, but I found her, like, through YouTube and looking up, like, how to feel better in, in gratitude. She has this great quote about Whatever your God is, the universe, if you're not grateful for what you have, they're not going to give you any more gifts. Like I would never give a gift to someone who every time I gave them something, they were like, "I don't even like it. It's not even like what I wanted, and it's not enough. Yeah. And so that hearing that, I was like, okay, my concept of God or the universe, like I need to just force myself to just be. so I try to do the thing where you like close the night with like what went well today and and wake up in the morning and go, What I'm grateful for my hands. I'm like the just the bare minimum, you know, of of gratitude. But it's and it's okay to like you said, jealousy does creep up, and I just I just mute J Lo. Like I don't need to see J Lo on my feed.
0: You know what? I see a lot of J Lo on my feed. I wonder if that's everybody. Is J Lo just (laughs) is J Lo the most preeminent person of our lifetime or what? Because I I have no problem gazing. at, Oh. Actually, I watched a J Lo movie this weekend when I was in whatever city I was in. Wait, the documentary? No, not that. Yeah, but I'm <laughs> oh, looking the forward Mary to me. that. Oh, I watched me *Marry too. Me*. I paid like twenty dollars for it in my hotel <laughs> oh room because I was like, okay, I was in a city that I wasn't interested in perusing, <laughs> yes. and so I was like, what am I going to watch? And I looked at all the movies, and I tried one. <laughs> I tried one period piece, and it was a little too Disney-ish for me, so I had to mm-hmm. forego that. And then I watched the J Lo movie, and you know. It's so easy to watch her. Her face, her (laughs) ass, her legs. You're just like, what the Uh, fuck is going on with your jeans? You know, (laughs) like what kind of gene pool? I know she doesn't drink because I've been around her. She does not drink. So that's one thing. But she's also Latino. So that's a whole Latino. Well, Mm -hmm. she might be Latino too. She's Latina. And her fucking skin is a different world. Mm-hmm. I also know she's up to some tricks, you know, that she doesn't admit. Of so course. I know that, obviously. She's fucking 50-something and it has not a sense. wrinkle or any. You know how, like, your skin changes? Well, you're probably too young, Nikki. But, like, around 40-ish, no, you, yeah. you start to go, like, is my skin thinning? <laughs> like yeah, on my, keep... It's creepy On my body? Like, I have to lubricate <laughs> when I wake up, when I go to bed. Yes. Now I have to lubricate Joe Coy's feet because oh, he's always geez. in my bed. <laughs> oh, he's my God. A, He goes, don't look at my feet, don't look at my feet. I go, honey, they're cute little Filipino footbeds. Like, what are you talking about? I go, I can look at your feet any day. I go, what are you talking about? He's like, don't, don't, they're so ugly. I go, your feet, I've, I've had to do this with him. I'm like, your feet are beautiful. There is oh. nothing wrong with your feet. I'm, and he's like, really? You think so? When we first got together, you guys, oh, my God. we'd have sex. I love
3: that he has insecurity. Like Someone's tortured him about his feet in his oh, past. Yeah. Like, yeah. Steps, that was
0: an early thing. He steps on them when he's getting in the shower, like an orangutan. He puts his, tucks his toes under his feet. I go, Why? what are you doing? That's <laughs> so bad for you. How can you even stand? And he's like, oh, I just fucking hate my feet. I go, so you walk around with them oh, tucked underneath yeah. you like a monkey? He's trying to hide them i I bet some it's
3: so funny that shame that we have about those like i'm guessing someone said something about his feet because that's such a weird thing to be so obsessive about other people and it's so sweet that i love the reaction where he goes wait you do you like them like that's (laughs) such a sweet little boy you sometimes see your boyfriend or like you know even just your friends just if you shrunk them like the way they move or the way you go, that is a four-year-old. It's so sweet. I'm obsessed with you and Joe Coy. Can I... I know you've just talked about it ad nauseum, but I'm obsessed.
0: Thank you. We I mean, need to- I we- guess.
3: I am so... <laughs> Come on, girl. Like, I am so happy for you. It's, you know, people love to talk about Chelsea and Joe Coy, the comedians, being like, it's a... Thi- it's just a... I mean, people are saying, I'll tell you what we're talking about. I've always been on your team and thought it was real, but people are like, no, it's just a thing to get people to buy tickets to their show. And I'm just like,
0: oh no, God. it's not. As Do if. you not know, like,
3: read humans at all? As like, this if is what I would participate
0: the- in that. Like, as <laughs> if I would be that fucking fake.
3: Cra- cra- I mean, they clearly don't know anything about you. have never, you know, it's just people love to just be cynical. It's like the same people that thought that the Will Smith slap was fake. I'm just like, have you do you know how to read people both the reactions afterwards from those people?
0: They're so not stupid. that good of actors. Yeah. Like
3: it's just it makes me question people when they're like, Oh, Chelsea and Joko are fake. I'm like, well, then you have a bad read on people. Because First are of all, this is old
0: Hollywood where people are set up to like for promotional right. purposes. Yeah. Fake Yay, weddings and me. stuff. Uh, <laughs> like that you would have to have two people agree to a fake narrative. Like two <laughs> people. Joe, who is not fake, and me, who is also like I can't lie or even pretend. Yeah. Um, I can vouch. There is a decent amount
3: of snuggling when he's here in the studio. <laughs> Thank so. you, yeah. you guys are so in love. It's kind of like we're waiting for it that period to go away like you guys are like Courtney and Travis oh god Uh, there's a little bit of that but it's for me I love that shit I love that unsustainable obsession cutesy bootsy stuff I need to know and I'm sure you've covered this what was the moment it shifted and I know I've I've read extensively to try to find this answer when did it become who said it first like who addressed it first like this is romantic I
0: did I was like what what did
3: you say we were were in Vegas
0: I was at the barrage he came to see me perform and I was doing my first new hour of this tour, Vaccinated and Horny. So I had not put it up. I just run it at the Brea Improv, like eight shows. And so it was my first bigger venue and I was nervous. I was like, fuck, okay, I got to remember all this. I had like eight pages of notes. Like I was really just getting it on Ugh. its feet. And he was just so sweet, and so he showed up in Vegas, and we had been hanging out a lot for months, right? But we weren't—nothing ever happened. Like Joe was—you didn't feel anything before? No, like I assumed he had a crush on me, but if I would just deal right. with that when it became unmanageable. <laughs> yes, like you've been through that before, yeah. with, like your guy friends. Yes, I was okay. like, if he tries to fuck me, I won't be hanging out with him <laughs>
3: again. You know? Yes, you're waiting for that other shoe to drop because okay, so you clocked that he had a crush on you. You though. You know, in your quietest moments, was there like, Were you finding yourself daydreaming about him or was it truly just this moment where it was like nothing and then everything for you? Yeah,
0: I mean, it was a build. It was a build, but I was definitely not open to him. I was not attracted to him. My girlfriends would all be like, when are you going to admit you're fucking Joe Coy? I'm like, I'm not. I'm not fucking Joe Coy. I would be the first to tell you if that were going on. (laughs) And then, so in Vegas, I remember he walked into the room. My sister was there. I had a group of friends there. He walked into the room and I just remember seeing him and looking at him like, wait a second. I want to fuck Joe Coy. I think I want to fuck him. <laughs> and then it became an emergency because I had to see if his penis was the right size for my Pikachu. Oh, my God. And I, had, like, I wasn't going to move forward until I had all
3: the information. Have already seen him naked? I feel like you, no. uh, with your Chelsea Lately parties, things get
0: wild. Like, wasn't no, there already no. some kind of... If he had ever gotten naked at one of my parties, I would have never <laughs> fucked him. Yeah. But anyway, I You love... guys were,
3: like, so close. Did you talk about, like, your sex life? Like, were you hearing no. about
0: his dating no. stuff? Like... Was there? Oh, never. So he you went, just did not talk about that stuff. He wouldn't talk about any women in front of me. He Joe has like... Because oh, he liked you. He just, yeah, he always liked me, but he was never going to jeopardize our relationship. He was never going to make a move on me because he knew that I would go, gross, get away from me, don't talk to me again. <laughs> so he knew that it had to be my idea, which was right. <sighs> and I finally okay. just said to him, I was like, you have a, do you have a crush on me? And he was like, oh God, Chelsea, why do you have to was ruin it that everything? Night? Was it before yeah. the show? After, no, late night, like two in the morning. You see him in this light. He walks in. You're like horny for him.
3: And so you <laughs> said it in that moment or did you just go, oh, fuck. Did you like go back to your notes and you're like, I can't even like focus right now because I'm like, what what is this feeling I'm feeling? And then wh- when did you finally say, I- do you have a crush on me?
0: When was that? Uh, late night, like 2.30 in the morning. No, I was able to focus. We did the show. Ah! Show was great. We all went out gambling, had a great night. And then we were just yeah. getting more like snuggly, like touchy-feely. You know, I was like letting him mm-hmm. know, like game on. And then we got back to the room in Vegas and I said, do you have a crush on me? And he was like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, Joe... Either you have a question for me or don't. Like, just wait. Answer. Were you touching when this happened? No. Like w- Were we you didn't... like hugging when he? No. So
3: where? Where's this? Conf- I need all the details, Chelsea. Well, I don't. I wish I, I could this... give them to you, but we have to take fucking callers, Nikki.
0: I mean, this <laughs> oh, is a, okay, okay. An okay. advice Jesus podcast. Okay? I know. I
3: know. But I'm. I need advice about. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, we'll. We'll get to it.
0: Well, I'll come line. on your podcast and talk about Joe and I all the love details. It. I'm gonna. I'm writing my new book. It's called The Filipino okay. in Me: A Love Story. <laughs> But I will give you all the details, of course. Okay. I would never lie or keep them all to myself. I would never be so selfish. No. But okay, so this is how-to advice. People call. We really need yep. to help them, okay? Are you, yes. you have your advice thinking cap on? Yeah, I'm so good at this. Okay. Yes.
2: Amazing. I'm so
0: glad. Well, the first a- question is, how do you get out of something by pretending you have COVID? <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. An official selection of Deadline calls the film a touching testament to the power of love. IndieWire says it's funny and moving, and according to Next Best Picture, Ezra approaches autism with heart and authenticity. Only in theaters nationwide May 31st. your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Visit lisa.com forward slash Chelsea to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash Chelsea. Hi, it's Chelsea here. If you've noticed that your hair isn't looking as full as it used to, Zion Health is here to help. Zion stands out as the experts in men's and women's hair loss treatments. I didn't realize that up to 50% of women struggle with hair loss. Which is weird because we need to be talking about that more. Zion has treatments for all stages of life, including for hair loss due to menopause or pregnancy. Zion offers medicated and non-medicated solutions that are developed by dermatologists to maximize the growth and density of your hair. Getting a prescription is simple. Their online consultation platform gives you convenient access to personalized treatment plans. Hair loss gets more and more difficult to treat the longer you wait, so seek help with them soon. Visit xyonhealth.com to get started. That's xyonhealth.com. We're back. Yeah. Yay. We're back. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, my God. Thanks, God. We're back with Nikki Glazer and my wonderful co host, Catherine. Hi. And we are going to start taking questions and callers. Indeed. Our first
2: question comes from Haley. This all leans very F boy centric today. Ooh, so perfect. we're keeping it on theme, Love on it. brand. Haley says Dear Chelsea, I've been in a new relationship for six months and it's going great. He shows me he cares in thoughtful ways every day and really challenges me in all the ways I want to be challenged by a partner. Shortly after we started dating, he had to go to California for a month. We talked on the phone for hours every day and really got to know each other. While he was away, we would send each other what I like to call, quote, self-portraits, which I knew he was saving to his hidden photos folder. About a month ago, I asked him about the self-portraits and if I could look through them. I'm not sure what prompted me to ask. I think it was mostly out of vanity, but also I liked the idea of him having them in a private folder for himself. He quickly told me I couldn't. And I asked if I was the only girlfriend in that folder. He immediately got defensive and tried to tell me that asking him to do anything about the contents of the folder would be an invasion of his privacy. His response took me by surprise, since I haven't made any specific requests in that regard. I haven't cared for a boyfriend this deeply before, but I'm put off by how sketchy he's acting about this folder. I don't expect him to, quote, erase his past, his words, not mine, but knowing that he had those photos of, me made me feel special now i feel like i'm an option even though his actions tell me i'm not his reaction that day felt very contradictory to the man that i'm with and i don't know what to do Haley,
0: i'm sorry so they he moved to california did i miss something are they he's
2: back like yeah they just spent like a month apart but that was when she was like sending him these let's say photos. and how
0: long have they been together Six months. Yeah, six, six months. months. Somebody's a better listener than the host. <laughs> 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 I'm really trying. Yeah, that's a big red flag, first of all, because mm. those are pictures of you in there. So are you not allowed to see the pictures of you, regardless of what other photos he has? Like, that's a big red flag. Well, so I think he—because he, he because she
3: said his own words were, erase my past, uh-huh. he must have definitely given— some indication that there were other girls in that folder and he didn't want her to see those other girls. Is that like X is that? That's what I had assumed.
2: And now upon like, I've read this so many times, but somehow reading it out loud, I'm like, Maybe there are other current girls.
1: Yeah, exactly. In that Absolutely. The
0: current girls. Or, first of all, if there were ex girlfriends, it's completely reasonable and the right thing to do to go, oh, I'm going to delete these now that I'm in a relationship with you. Like, that would be yes. disrespectful to be jerking off in your spare time to your ex girlfriends. Like, the folder should just be of you if you're dating him. And it's totally normal and fine for you to ask to see that. Like there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. And the fact that he said no, yeah, that's a big red flag. Like I wouldn't trust this guy at all. Yeah. You're absolutely
3: right. It means there's current stuff because if she's cool with like, okay, I understand you have your exes, he could go, okay, I'll I'll delete him right now. This is a good moment to do that. Yeah. Done. But the fact that he got weird about it, either he wants to hold on to those, which shouldn't be that important to him, or something else is going on. If this sucks, I I hate this kind of moment where everything's great except this one thing. Mm. I wouldn't mind a guy keeping ex photos. I kind of get horned up for him. I like to like see them. <laughs> but you like
2: to see his exes? Yeah, she would. She his would. his exes or I your bet. own exes.
3: His exes. Like <laughs> I like seeing like old, like the hot ladies he's had in his past. It really like horns me up. But it's basically what, what she wants. And if he's not willing to give her that, that sucks. Mm. Yeah. It's not a good sign. Su- it's a it's a it's a big red flag.
0: Why don't you what's her name? Haley. Haley. I think you should really like give him an ultimatum about seeing that when you're in person with him so that he can either shut up or put up. And if he's not willing to show those to you, then like he's hiding something from you. And that's the only reason that he wouldn't show them to you. So, you know, however you feel about that, I would definitely move on feel like he's going to pit her to be like, oh, you're the girlfriend that just wants to go through
3: my phone. And you're like, no, I just wanted to see a hot picture of myself. Right. And then it turned into this whole thing. Right. I am only asking, and this is only important to me because you're being so weird about it. I don't care about anything else. I trust you. But this reaction is leading me to not trust you. And I can't get over it until until you make this right. And if you can't,
0: bye. Yeah. If you don't trust my reaction, you should trust the fact that if there's nothing unreasonable in here, <laughs> I won't be yeah. upset. <laughs> yes. Too bad yes. there's not dates on photos, right? In that folder, would there be dates? Oh, no. Yeah. There wouldn't be, though. Or would that no, be? No, reco- you
2: can see it in the metadata. Oh,
0: like, if you oh, look. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. Snigili. You should steal his phone if he doesn't give it to you <laughs> and fucking look through it, and then you'll get your answers.
2: Yes. <laughs> Face ID can work wonders when someone is
3: sleeping. I have a
0: no problem with people going through each other's phones. I think that's fine. Me neither. No. There's nothing to hide.
3: I think you shouldn't have anything to hide. It's kind of, but it's kind of like the NSA thing of like I'm always like, who cares if they're listening at my conversation? I've got nothing to hide. And people are like, well, because they can like make up stuff to incriminate you. They can t- use your stuff that you're innocent with. So it's a matter of sometimes I get worried that the person might invent something of all the data they're collecting on me and <laughs> and get insane about it. But yeah, I generally I've whenever I'm trying to hide my phone from someone, I'm got something to hide. It's never because it's like it's just for me. <laughs> It's because I don't want them to know a part about myself that I'm trying to keep from them.
2: Yeah. I think that's a good point.
3: I was just actually talking about guys who don't put their girlfriends on their Instagram (gasps) or their wives. Yes. And they do it as like, I'm just honoring, like, her privacy. Like, they're comedians that work the road, and they go, I just, like, my wife just... She's a private person. It's like, no, you want to present as a man that doesn't have a wife when you're on the road when girls look you up and they go see you at clubs. It's like this whole thing of, like, I'm just being a good guy. Like, I just... You know, it's like, it's such bullshit.
2: One of my best friends has a girlfriend. He and his wife got a divorce. He's been dating this girl for like probably two years. They live together. He has never posted a photo, of, a photo of her on his Instagram except to close friends, which means like not everybody. I'm just like, you, you're hiding
3: her. I do understand. There's this whole storyline in the show, The Ultimatum that I'm watching right now of like, yes, when you're an influencer and you post a picture, especially when you're a girl, and you rely on male followers. If you post a picture of your boyfriend, you lose you lose followers because men are just like, I guess I can't have her now like it was ever an option for them <laughs> to get you. So I understand like it's a branding thing. Even when I post something saying I have a boyfriend, I feel like less likes, just le- like people are just like not into it. Whereas guys, when they're like, look at my hot girlfriend,
0: everyone fucking loves. They get so much more. I definitely get. I still get disgusting DMs when I post about Joe and me. I will still get DMs saying, "I want to put my cock in your asshole. Like I can't wait to fuck you." So it's not. good. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm glad I'm having they'll never an, go away. I have quite the opposite experience because people <laughs> love. People seem to love our love story. Well, the people who believe it anyway, um, and 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 men. It hasn't stopped men from telling me that they're going to fuck me. So I think men like to <laughs> tell nice women like me that they're going nice they to fuck me be because they know told? they're never going to fuck a woman like me you right. know so they like to yes. write that down anonymously because obviously okay what's what do we have next Catherine? so our next is a caller this is brooke is this a
2: picture of vladimir putin um, is this? <laughs> <laughs> who is this that is actually um boris karloff
0: um, as oh yeah looking at katherine's sweatshirt dracula oh.
2: this is actually done by uh, a friend of mine jonah nimoy and it's oh, just, shout out he to does all this cool
0: art jonah nimoy it actually does look like Vladimir I guess <laughs> Dracula and Vladimir Putin have a similar look yeah. on their face. So that works out perfectly. Uh, well,
2: Brooke is on the phone with us today. We oh, have yeah, callers yeah. who call in. So she says, dear Chelsea, my wife and I have been together for about 10 years and married for five. Her sister, Megan, is married with two kids and one dog. Megan and her family have poor hygiene. They appear to have no awareness of the issue, and the rest of my wife's family has never brought it to their attention. Their dog is about 11 years old, and quite frankly, his physical needs are neglected. He's never bathed, his fur is matted, and he seems to have an underlying skin condition. He smells, his nails are long, he has anxiety, and he barks incessantly. Despite all this, my wife and I have watched the dog numerous times in the past. When he comes to our house, we bathe him immediately. It's a chore because he's not used to it, and he's, it seems to be quite painful for him to be touched in certain areas. Aww, I know, baby. Aww. We do our best to groom him, but it has become impossible due to the severity of the matted fur. He needs professional intervention. I watched him for five days by myself last year, and after that, I set a boundary that I would not do it again. It was hard to look at him. As someone who suffered emotional and physical neglect as a child, it is particularly triggering to see him and to feel powerless to intervene without creating family drama. My wife has asked me repeatedly to not say anything to her sister about the dog, and until recently, I've reluctantly agreed. Last week, Megan asked my wife if I could watch the dog again. They do not want to hire someone. I stuck to my guns and said no. My wife made some excuses instead of communicating the underlying concerns and this kind of indirect communication is the norm in her family. Instead of accepting no as an answer, Megan proceeded to ask more specific questions about the excuses my wife had made and proceeded to guilt trip me via my wife saying things like family helps family. I got upset and I decided with my wife's approval to text her directly. I provided a list of three reasons why I did not want to watch her dog. I told her that I wanted to speak honestly and directly, even if it would upset her. The reasons were, one, the dog is not bathed. Two, its nails are very long, and I just spent a lot of money refinishing my 100-year-old hardwood floors. And three, he barks incessantly, which makes it difficult for me to work. Megan freaked out. She called my wife and her entire family, sobbing profusely, misstating my words. I did not say anything that was not true about the dog, nor anything that her other family members are not saying behind her back. My wife and the rest of her family are distancing themselves from me and my comments in an effort to soothe Megan. My wife thinks I went too far. Megan's telling her family that she no longer wants to see me or my wife ever again. My in laws feel I owe Megan an apology. I disagree and stand by my words. Ugh. I wish everyone could speak directly, but it's not the way they operate. Ooh. What should I do moving forward? Brooke. And she's here with us today.
0: Hi, Brooke. Oh, hi. It's so funny, I was listening to this email. By the way, this is Nikki Glazer. Hi, Brooke. Our special guest. Hi. 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 And Catherine, you've spoken to, our producer. Yeah. I was listening to this letter and you kept referring to your wife, Megan, wife, Megan. And I'm like, there is no way a straight man is calling into this podcast. <laughs> this has gotta be a woman. <laughs> I was like, that would be like so ridiculous.
2: <laughs> yes. Megan, although I think is actually the sister-in-law, correct? Correct.
6: So thank you for your time.
3: What's the update? What's the, well, what's going on right now with this? Same, no communication, you're being kind of ostracized? A little bit. Yeah.
6: So I realized when I was rereading that, that I was pretty, I think I was pretty angry when I wrote it. And now I think I'm just exhausted. Right. So, so that's, uh, that's the update from me is just, I'm ready to move on to this issue. And I think I was, I was pretty upset and now I just, you know, nobody's a bad person, but I I just want to figure out how to move forward from this event in a way that is, I don't know how to repair it. So yeah, what's happening now, I think is that no one from my wife's family has had direct communication with me, with the exception of her mother who sent me a short text saying, we hope that you come to Passover, the Seder, uh, which was Friday. She hadn't had any communication with me in the couple of weeks leading up to that. My wife's sister had agreed to go to the Seder knowing that I may be there, but I did decline to go because I felt like it would be really tense. And if the purpose of attending would be to celebrate or, you know, be with other people, I didn't feel like that purpose would be achieved by my my presence. So I didn't go and that's pretty much where we're at.
0: What an, What a bummer, such a bummer. I mean, talking to you for this short period of time, like you can tell that you're a pretty rational, regular, you're not like a hot tempered kind of person.
6: Not generally, no. I'm pretty to the point and I try to be relatively even keeled. So I think it was really just the directness of the communication that she wasn't
0: accustomed to. Right. Well, you just you said yourself that they grew up in a family with indirect communication. So, of course, what happens Correct. when that happens, when you're direct with somebody who has that historical like framework, then they immediately are a victim and they're crying and the whole family has to yeah. come and and gather around them because they've never been told the truth before. Yeah.
6: Yes that's
0: exactly it. Well, it's it's
3: almost like you you look at these kind of family dynamics and they're incapable of telling the truth. It's not even like they know the truth and they're denying it. It's they cannot and they cannot take any accountability. There's zero accountability that this family can take. What I'm wondering, what was the sister's response to the dog is dirty. It barks incessantly. It has skin issues. All of these things. Was there any like no it's not like what was that response?
6: Yeah, and and part of the reason I think why my correspondence to her was a little bit snarky, admittedly in parts, was I wanted her to ask herself that question of when was the last time that I that I gave my dog a bath? Because truthfully, I have bathed it much more often than she has. So yeah, that that issue seems to be completely glossed over, right? I've been told, and my wife has been told that we're not to discuss the dog anymore and that we're we're not really invited to be around it. I guess they don't want us to see whether or not they've made any improvements. Were they paying
3: you to watch this dog? Were you getting any? No. You're just expected to watch their barky, like kind of neglected dog. It's just,
0: well, to be, yeah. to be fair, in families, you're not really paying your sister or your sister-in-law. You're just like, But hey. when they don't
3: want to, because you're not paying them, you go, okay, then you don't have to. Like, that's the thing. When you're not paying family and they're like, yeah. I'd rather not, you just drop it. You don't go, why? Yeah. But you, that's the way I go. Okay, why does this woman just expect you to do this with her? And she knows her dog barks incessantly. It shows a lot of denial and just. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like this is a no, no. This is me projecting, but an alcoholic family. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I was never asking for payment. It's really just a. I would like for it to be clean before it gets here, and it's been pretty egregious in the past. And I think really. The last straw for me was during the pandemic, we hadn't been watching it because nobody was going anywhere and I hadn't bathed it and my wife hadn't bathed it in over a year and I think he didn't get a bath, right? (laughs) And then it just became like really essentially too far gone. And, uh, you know, I looked into, I called a bunch of different groomers. Nobody would accept him if I uh, didn't have proof of vaccination. And also he's like a little bit aggressive when you try to bathe him. And I didn't really want to bring on that liability onto myself. So I just want to bow out and not make excuses moving forward. And I think I've accomplished that goal, but now I've created another problem.
0: Well, so what's your wife's status on this right
6: now? How does she, where does she sit with everything? She sits where she wants everybody to get along. Like so desperately that she care what needs to be said. (laughs) Uh I think the easy way would be for me to issue an apology, which I think she knows is not likely to happen. No, Um, I really
0: don't think you should do that. I mean, I really don't. don't. Because that is like reneging. Like, you're the first person who told the truth. You could make an addendum to your original conversation point of the text. Like, you can, I don't know, this might be too aggressive, but to send it to everybody so that everybody is copied on it, like, so that there's... Always be you know, the round. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I think not to take the responsibility on, but for you to just say as a follow-up email to the entire family, this is one option. I'm not saying it's the right option, but I think it's good to, like, lay out your case of what you said and how that made you feel feel how it made you feel because of your circumstances and your history and your neglect in your childhood. That it triggered in you what you felt like as a child when you weren't, you know, whatever you were referring to. And you take ownership of that. So it doesn't take away what you say being what you mean, but you're taking responsibility for it. So it's not putting it on them. You're like, these are Ah. all the things that really upset me because of stuff that I went through during my childhood. And I can't be around it. It's too upsetting. It's too upsetting to see anything being neglected and quite frankly not having a bath for over a year is neglect you can put that in any other term that you want but that's what it is so there's ways to say this in a nuanced way so that you're really showing how much you care I know how important this family is not only to my wife but to me I want us all to get along too and me coming out and telling you how I feel let me give you some more context about why it was such an issue and we can move on from this in one of two ways like we don't have to ever discuss the the dog again. You don't have to listen to anything I say and you can continue doing what you do, but just don't expect us to watch your dog. It's too painful for me, you know, and it doesn't have to be that dramatic, but it can be yeah. nuanced enough so that you're being reasonable and you're taking accountability for your feelings and then they can do whatever they want with that and ended on a note saying, I would love for us to move forward as a family. I'm really sorry that my directness cut you in this way, but I had to be honest. That's a promise I made to myself a long time ago, that I would not look away in the face of neglect. And without pointing finger, 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 you already said it. They already know it. I think you made your point so that you're not going to be you know, burdened with that watching that dog again, but it would be better if they actually did something and actually sat because sometimes you say something and you remove it. Like, I like that you didn't go to Seder. Like, I like that you didn't go to that dinner because they're just now they just have to like, like sitting and thinking about what you actually said. Like, there's no way she's looking at her dog not going, fuck, is he neglected? Why haven't I bathed him?
6: Mm-hmm. Or why hasn't yeah, someone bathed him? Yeah, I like the idea of maybe sending an email to the entire family because they have they've read my initial correspondence. I did send another text to my wife's sister asking her to have a conversation and she didn't respond to me. She responded to my wife saying, I don't I don't know what a conversation would do. I, I don't want to speak to her again. But I, I kind of like involving other people because they're involved anyway. Yeah, so,
0: right. The more the merrier. Yeah, <laughs> well.
2: And I think, too, at the end of the day, there is a dog that's not getting the care that he needs, like whether it's because he has a a skin issue or whatever it is. I mean, obviously, there's also neglect happening. I wonder, do you do they love this dog? They
6: do. Yeah, it's really it truly is a lack of awareness. It's not that they don't love it. I mean, it spends a lot of time with them. It's not a bad dog. It's just, you know, it's a little anxious and it's dirty.
0: Well, that's also something good to say, like in yeah. the letter. Like it's very clear to me that yes. you love your dog. That's right. very yes. obvious. What is less obvious is the care that he's receiving, and that hurts me to watch it. Keep bringing it back to how it makes you feel, yeah. instead of being like you're a fucking bad mother. Obviously, <laughs> right? You can't. I wonder since it, since they
2: love the dog it's probably not an issue of like well maybe we rehome this dog in some instances it might be but maybe it is something like I also really care for your dog you know can we pay for him to go to the groomer you know once a year yeah. or once every six months or once every three months or whatever like maybe there is some sort of compromise you can have there where it's like we'd love to see this dog getting the like veterinary treatment he needs and I don't know if that's something that you want to provide for you know your sister-in-law's dog but I, would. I feel
3: like they wouldn't accept it.
2: Yeah. And, and, and that,
3: and the fact that they just closed down the dog talk, like this isn't about the dog anymore. Like they're not gonna, I always find that whenever I'm dealing with a situation like this, where I kind of know I'm in the right and I have to, apologize to make things right, just so people can get along. It's always really helpful in these kinds of emails. And I think Chelsea said coming from your place, like why you got triggered, what your background is with it so that they can just kind of go, yeah, that's her issue. And then everything can be fine, even though, you know, but starting out the email, and this is just a trick of apologizing. Don't make any butts of like, I did this, but like, I like it. You said rereading that. I was very angry and I might have said some things in a way I didn't want to say it. So take accountability for maybe your tone, maybe how you could have approached things. Those things will go so far in making this kind of amends where you put up a boundary of just saying where you could have maybe done things differently that will just give them something to grasp onto other than she's just wrong and she's just kind of like placating us and... um, Yeah, because you can find something that you would have done differently, which is a a beautiful thing that you're able to do, even though you're fucking right.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I think that's a good point, because I think the way that I wrote the message a couple of weeks ago is not the way that I would write it today. And I think I was responding to being upset that no wasn't an acceptable answer and we couldn't just on and, you know, the, the history of this issue and. While I viewed it as I was, you know, for myself, snarky on a scale of two or three out of 10, I probably would tone it down now.
3: You could go to a zero. You know, you could find something that you go, I didn't need, and you don't need to phrase it like, I was mad because you didn't take no as an answer. That's again, putting the blame on them. Like I was having a rough week. I was, had all this, it's hard to do, but like making it, giving them something so they can go, oh, it's not our fault, even though you know it is. Like it's that kind of thing go so far when you're dealing with dynamics like this where they take no accountability. But I'm sorry for this situation.
0: It sucks. Well, let us know how it goes, okay? Keep us posted. I will. We like these kinds of updates. Yes, for sure.
6: Yeah. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, Thanks, Brooke. Good luck with everything. Thank you. Bye.
0: Bye. Brooke was so normal and cool yeah. that you know her family's <laughs> yeah. a fucking mess. Yeah. Yes, you know, oh totally. She's
2: going to be the level headed one.
0: I'm so bad. I always just take sides. You know what I mean? I immediately yeah. take a person's side, even if that, that's the only story side of the story I'm hearing. I'm
3: like,
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, oh I believe you and they're the worst.
3: <laughs> and uh, you just want your partner to like kind of turn their back on their family when they're being s- irrational, too. But that family dynamic is so locked in, especially when it's. One where they're just dealing with denial, no accountability, no apologizing. Like her wife is probably struggling with separating from that, but it just sounds like in the long run, this stuff is going to keep flaring up and there's going to have to be a, a moment of like, okay, I can't be around you guys
0: anymore unless you get honest. It's tough. An official selection of Deadline calls the film a touching testament to the power of love. IndieWire says it's funny and moving, and according to Next Best Picture, Ezra approaches autism with heart and authenticity. Only in theaters nationwide May 31st. needed most. To learn more, visit naturesway.com pearls and use code CHELSEA10 at the checkout for 10% off any Pearl's probiotics. Terms and conditions apply. Valid through July 31st. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families families have a safe place to sleep. Visit lisa.com forward slash Chelsea to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash Chelsea. I bet you're smart.
2: Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help
4: you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports.
0: Hi, it's Chelsea here. If you've noticed that your hair isn't looking as full as it used to, Zion Health is here to help. Zion stands out as the experts in men's and women's hair loss treatments. I didn't realize that up to 50% of women struggle with hair loss which is weird because we need to be talking about that more. Zion has treatments for all stages of life, including for hair loss due to menopause or pregnancy. Zion offers medicated and non-medicated solutions that are developed by dermatologists to maximize the growth and density of your hair. Getting a prescription is simple. Their online consultation platform gives you convenient access to personalized treatment plans. Hair loss gets more and more difficult to treat the longer you wait, so seek help with them soon. Visit xyonhealth.com to get started. That's xyonhealth.com. Our next question comes from
2: Liv. She says, I need some tough love. I started secretly seeing my company's chief technology officer last summer, and I work in our HR department, LOL. He Hmm. currently lives in Florida, and I live right outside of NYC. Our company is based in Manhattan, so he comes into the office frequently for work and meetings. I've also gone down to Florida to visit him. We go out to work happy hours and functions together. We sneak off on dates, just the two of us, and I stay at his hotel or he stays at my place when he visits. I know I'm in love with him and we get along so great. And I've brought up taking things to the next level because I can see and would love a future and a real relationship with him. I also want to mention that I'm 25 and he's 42 and he's never been married and has never had children. The age difference isn't an issue for us, but I'm having a hard time figuring out what he wants out of this, and he's the master of giving me vague answers when I ask." He's told me he likes me a lot, and he's really an awesome guy, but am I being a pushover and just letting him dictate the relationship? Should I continue just casually seeing him whenever he's in town for work? Should I give him an ultimatum? I'm scared that if I push him too hard, he'll shut down and end what we have going on, which isn't what I want. Also, if we end up together, should we tell the company? Some days I wish I was strong enough to tell him to go kick rocks, and other days I want him to put a ring on my finger. What would you do in my situation, Liv?
0: Well, Nikki, would you like to go first? I
3: would love. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I know it's so scary because you're scared he's going to be like, well, if you give me an ultimatum, I'm just going to choose not being with you. No, he's not. This guy is having sex with a 25-year-old hot thing. He's probably so in love with you. This guy's never been married before, not really had relationships. He's scared of commitment. You're dealing with a guy who's never had a woman like challenge him. You need to say, this is what I want. It doesn't have to be a ring. I want a real relationship with you. And if I can't get that, I'm going to go find one Bye. and you, you do it. And I know you're scared and you don't mean it, but, and then you wait and you do not talk to him. You do not reach out. You don't show up on his stories. you make sure that you give him nothing. And it's really good because you're long distance. So he's not going to be able to like show up and see you at work. You need to completely cold Turkey, take yourself away from him and see how it feels to him. He'll freak out and he will be back in no time. A hundred percent. Read the book, Getting To I Do, to help you with this. But it's true. Like You need to give it and give it eight weeks. If he doesn't come back in eight weeks, and I know that's impossible to do and as a 25-year-old who's in love with someone, but <laughs> they always come back. But this guy needs an ultimatum. That He needs it. Because he'll just... Why would he ever decide to settle down with you and make his life more difficult when he's getting what he wants? To fuck you when he, he's available, to talk to you on the phone when you're available, where is there any reason for him to lock this down anymore? You're not seeing anyone else. He's in, you're in love with him. I mean, you got to get these guys a reason to lock it down. Cause they won't otherwise. Mm. Tough love.
0: Yeah, I would say, I would definitely say to be have a very direct conversation with him and don't let it linger. Like, if he's like, hey, like, this is how I feel, I want to be in a relationship, and it's totally fine if you don't. But if you don't, like, I need you to be honest with me because then I'm going to go find somebody else. And stick to that and stick to that plan as hard as it is. You're 25 years old. I've been in love like six times since I was 25. So just, Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, this might seem like your world right now, but it's, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And then you're going to to be on to the next person and you're going to be so grateful that you actually gave this guy an ultimatum to open up your life to meeting the next person so and you didn't waste time waiting for him
3: Uh because so many girls waste so much time just giving guys because they think that if i wish someone would have told me this earlier when you have a boundary that you're so scared a guy will be like well then i don't want you I swear to God, they really don't ever respond that way. Guys like a girl who gives them boundaries. And when you're just available for him whenever you think that's the best way to keep him around. No. It's the best way to keep him around on his terms, mm-hmm. which are not is not what you want. And I know you're probably thinking, I'd rather have what we have now than nothing. I don't think that's going to be true further on down the road. You are going to lose so many years of your life waiting for this guy when you can have your answer now.
0: But also your self-respect. Like, there's a lot of self-respect in saying, this is what I need, and if I don't get it, I'm going to move on. Not in an angry way. It doesn't have to be threatening. No, not angry. It just has to be like, hey, it's totally cool if you don't want to be in a relationship, but just let me know because I'm going to move on, and I'd rather not speak for a while until I figure out something. And I'll let you know, like, if we can open up communication again. Make sure that you are firm and that you're able to stick to your plan, and don't call him wasted. You know, take his number out of your phone if you need to. Yep. But yeah, it's. It's going to give you a lot of strength and self-confidence and then you respect yourself and then the next person who comes along is going to respect you just as much as you respect yourself God, the problem is it's so hard to do this when you're 25 (laughs) I'm like thinking from
3: my 25 year old perspective being like yeah 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 Nice to hear that from you older ladies, but I'm not doing like you just don't you can't. It's so hard to do this shit, but I swear to God, I wish I could shake my 25 year old self and listen to this kind of advice because it's the only thing that works.
0: I did it. I froze out a guy once. I forget what the circumstances were. I said, I don't want to be with you unless you want to be in a committed relationship. And he came right back. Like it took yeah. two weeks and I was steadfast. I did not speak to him. He called me. I didn't return his calls. And then yes. eventually he's like, I want to be in a relationship. And guess what? I broke up with him like three months later because I was <laughs> yes. bored. I've was
3: i done this. I did this when I was in my twenties too. And I, I, I was strong enough to do it because I was dating guys that had girlfriends. And then eventually they'd be like, I'm gonna break up with her and they never would and I would just hang on and so I would go, I'm never speaking to you again until you 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 leave her. Call me when you guys are broken up, not a... Se-. And both times I've done this in my life, they chose that girl over me and thank fucking God they did! <laughs> thank God! Oh my God! I'm so glad I'm not with those fools. It's so... It was the best gift ever. So it... Sometimes it doesn't work It works the way it's supposed to every single time.
0: Yeah. And I also don't understand why people cheat on girlfriends. It's like, just fucking break up with your girlfriend. Like, why are you having
3: an affair
0: on a girlfriend? It's so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) And they married
3: those girls. It's so crazy. I just go, how could you marry? You don't cheat on a girlfriend and then marry her. You, how could, they're just, it's just the worst.
0: But thank God. Thank God they didn't choose me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, keep us updated. Let us know what happens if you give them an ultimatum and what happens.
2: Yep. And our last question comes from Christy. Christy says, dear Chelsea, my boyfriend and I have lived in our rented house for the past four years, and I just found out that our landlord will be selling the house within the month. He's selling now to take advantage of the real estate market at present. And while I understand, I am heartbroken. We've truly made this our home for the last four years with so many amazing memories growing as a couple and loving and thriving in our small town community. Unfortunately, we're not in a financial position to buy right now, which has put us in a difficult spot. We have an opportunity to move in with a close friend and save for all the things we want, but haven't been able to save for previously. Paying off debt, getting married, maybe even a down payment on our own house. This whole situation has brought up long-standing issues I have with comparison, unworthiness, and self-esteem. I feel like a failure when I compare myself to where my friends or others are at in life, and I'm beating myself up for being in this position. I also love our home and our life here, and I'm terrified at the prospect of moving, even to this new temporary solution, how can I wholeheartedly embrace this new, unexpected chapter in my life and drop the comparison to myself and others, Christy?
0: Hi, Christy. Hi. Hi, Christy. this is this is Nikki, our special guest for the day, and Catherine. Hi, Nikki. Great hey, to meet you. You too. Okay, so you're going through a little bit of a difficult time in your frame of mind right now. Yeah. You don't know what's coming. You you have to move out of your place. That's a fact. So while you had all those great experiences and all that wonderful time, like that's a big gift you got from living there. So you take that with you to this next thing instead of being like, but I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. It doesn't matter. It's time to move on. So the sooner you accept reality and stop resisting reality, A, you're going to be happier. You're just going to understand like, okay, this is moving forward. That was the past. And you want to be in the present moment and be optimistic about the future. The comparing and the contrasting like we were just talking about that you know we're talking mute j-lo that's what we are doing yeah (laughs) any of your friends that bring out the j-lo in them uh, that bring out mute them (laughs) just get them out of your yeah feed but listen that's not what it's about your life is about your experience your journey for lack of a better term your trajectory what's going to happen in your life and the more comfortable you are with the circumstances that you didn't actually ask for or expect the more you embrace them the happier you are going to become like your brain does a thing where it moves forward or it gets stuck in the past and when you're stuck in the past it becomes a depressant and when you're only thinking about all the good things you had instead of like that was great I'm going to take all of those experiences with me to this next place you have a huge opportunity to get everything you got out of that last place but own this place because of this opportunity that's coming up right totally yeah I think since like
4: the past two weeks when this news broke to us and everything, like I definitely went through the motions of grief a lot, like grieving our place, grieving our time here, kind of feeling angry at the situation. But now I'm like, okay, this is our reality. And what I'm grappling with now is just like not comparing myself to where other people are at and just kind of like accepting where I'm at because I do play the comparison game big time. And I'm trying to step away from that. And just like, like you said, embrace like, this is what I'm doing now. This is a great opportunity, but it's, it's so hard for me to not play that comparison game, basically.
2: How old are you, Christy? I'm 30. So, I mean, there are plenty of people in their late 20s, 30s, even 40s who, especially because of the last two years that we've all been through, are, like, living at home with their parents, which is totally fine. But, like, I think this comparison, a lot of it is, like, a lie on social media that, like, everybody is buying a house. Everybody is having kids. Everybody is getting married and having a great time. Like, we post our – it's our highlight reels, you know? So – yeah. You might find that you have an even better time now that you're moving in with this friend that you and your boyfriend both adore and you're having a great time. So make a highlight reel, too.
0: Yeah, make a highlight reel. And also, like, exercise, like, not going online and looking at that shit. Mm-hmm. Just just it's give yourself a period of time. Like, you're not going to believe how much happier you are if you're not scrolling through Instagram. Chelsea, you're
3: so right, but it's so hard to do that. I think when people say like, oh, just take take a break from that stuff. My thought when I hear that is, well, I'm still gonna know it's there. I'm still gonna <laughs> think about it and it's still gonna be there. It doesn't change. But I swear to God, when I started muting people, I would get triggered by a girl's skin. I would get triggered by a girl announcing she got a special on some kind of thing or wh- whatever. I started muting literally everything that would trigger me on just, and just accepting that I'm getting triggered by this dumb thing. And when it's not there, when you're not seeing it on your feed, it doesn't exist. It Mm -hmm. really doesn't. You think it's going to permeate your your mind even when it's not there? I swear to God, there used to be a girl that me and my friend used to send each other stuff of hers and like, how can her skin look so good? How does her (laughs) life look so perfect? We used to torture each other about how perfect she was. And one day I muted her and I swear to God, I for I don't even know she exists. And I used to be obsessed with her. And it really, muting does work. It's this thing that you go, no, that can't work for me. I'll still remember it. It takes time, but it works. And honestly, I'm listening to your story about having a good boyfriend, like a boyfriend you love, being in a place for four years that you made look so cute and that you loved so much. And I'm getting jealous of you. <laughs> like I'm finding things about you. Then I see your fucking luscious locks. And just your, the, the ability for you to even call into a podcast and have the courage to share a, a vulnerable story and then get on and talk to some celebrity. Like all of this stuff is stuff that your friends that you're comparing yourself to could not do any of that. Uh, honestly, like there are things about you that I'm getting jealous of right now. So th- that is to say like, be grateful for the things that you do have. And truly, I promise you, I know it just sounds like, just bullshit when people are like that's just like their highlight reel that's not really their lives it really is go through your own Instagram feed and look at how much how how much you are lying on it and you'll understand that because I try to put things out there like so honestly I've gone through my feed before and been like jealous of myself when I really (laughs) go back and I go wait your hair didn't look that that was just like you put it all to the front my skin looked so good then that you put a filter on. like we're lying so look at really muting people is a key and just try it and see if it works. And I bet it will.
4: You're so right. Like even just the other day, I was talking with my boyfriend. I was like, maybe I'll just deactivate my Instagram for a little while and just chill and do this move and kind of like get into the groove of things and like enjoy it. And he was like, why not? Like, just live your life. Like, do this next chapter. It's going to be good. He's always like, just vibe, like, just relax and vibe. Like, I
3: like that. that. Just vibe. That's I good. Yeah. Guy. You're so lucky to have this guy. I'm jealous, <laughs> honestly. And if you don't have to be on Instagram for your work, get the fuck off it for just a break. That is awesome that you even have that ability to do that. Try it. That's so fun.
0: Yeah, I honestly might. (laughs) I know I think you should we're going to order you to it's a mandate. You're going to have to do it because seriously like the immediacy of it starts to fade. The first 24 hours might be like, oh, you'll reach for your phone and then go, oh, wait, I'm not doing that. And then it might happen five or six more times. And then after 24 hours, you get into the groove of not checking. And then you're going to realize how much there's a lift that happens where you're not consumed it's almost like that people cease to exist just deactivate your social media or just don't go on like take it off your thing so you can't activate it on your phone or check just for like try for five days Really monitor how you feel. And after five days, be like, I like this. I'm going to go another two weeks. And also, when you get up in the morning, name five things. Make a list of five things that you're grateful for and just say it. Every single morning, I'm grateful for this opportunity for us to save rent, you know, so we could save up for possibly getting married, our own place, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm grateful for my boyfriend. I'm grateful for my hair that Nikki Glaser is jealous of. (laughs) I am grateful for whatever, bagels. I'm grateful for fucking bagels every morning. I'm like, oh, my God. I fucking love fucking bagels. But, <laughs> yes. but you know, you are a happy person. We can see that just by talking to you in this short exchange. You're happy. Make the best out of yourself. Don't let anything drag you down to make the worst of you. Make the best of you. And do that experiment. I guarantee you're going to have major changes. And I can't wait to hear about them when you call in for an update or write in for an update. Yes. yes. And change is good.
4: I will write in for an update. I appreciate this so much. And I think it's really... It's very true. It's just, you know, I need to drop the comparison game and that's kind of the end goal for me. Also, Chelsea, I just want to say, I saw you in Toronto recently and I forgot my glasses and you were kind of just like a blur on stage. So this is really
0: nice.
4: Everything I look at is
0: also blurry. So don't worry about that. <laughs> Thanks for calling in. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Okay. Good luck. Bye. Bye. She'll be fine,
2: yeah. she's gonna she she did say when I talked to her, she's like, I am sort of just looking for that like tough love a little. You can do it, get to the next step. And, you know, change doesn't have to be a bad thing. It can be a good thing. It's as always well. a good
0: thing. I think change is always yes. a good thing.
2: A piece of advice my mom gave me when we moved from like a beloved apartment was before you pack everything up, take pictures of your space like just your space because you have a lot of pictures of yourself in the space but not of the space and it's one of the best things we did you know my friend
3: that's so interesting my friend just moved from her parents moved out of her childhood home and she went around and just filmed like the sounds of the door handles the sounds of the creaking like wood and i was like i wish i would have done that so bad every door handle every door shutting and opening every window unlocking and i was like those sounds are such a great thing to capture. So I, I hope she hears this and, and does that for this space because I know it meant a lot to her. But, and then the thing about change, I like the quote, for some reason, there's just some quotes that like permeate and like really get in of, it's going to be okay because it always has been okay. You look at other points in your life where you've been like, oh God, what? A, and you go, well, I'm here now being, it was okay. It's always going to be okay it, because it always has been. And that that's a nice reminder.
2: Well, we'll take a quick break and be back to a wrap up with Nookie and Chelsea.
0: I think you just called her Nookie. I like that. (laughs) I like it. I like it. I did it all for it. This podcast is brought to you by the new film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn and with an incredible ensemble cast that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, Whoopi Goldberg, Rose Byrne, Rain Wilson, and Vera Farmiga. An official selection of Deadline calls the film a touching testament to the power of love. IndieWire says it's funny and moving, and according to Next Best Picture, Ezra approaches autism with heart and authenticity. Only in theaters nationwide May 31st. needed most. To learn more, visit naturesway.com pearls and use code CHELSEA10 at the checkout for 10% off any Pearl's probiotics. Terms and conditions apply. Valid through July 31st. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Visit lisa.com forward slash Chelsea to learn more. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Chelsea. The
5: 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening.
0: Hi, it's Chelsea here. If you've noticed that your hair isn't looking as full as it used to, Zion Health is here to help. Zion stands out as the experts in men's and women's hair loss treatments. I didn't realize that up to 50 percent of women struggle with hair loss which is weird because we need to be talking about that more. Zion has treatments for all stages of life, including for hair loss due to menopause or pregnancy. Zion offers medicated and non-medicated solutions that are developed by dermatologists to maximize the growth and density of your hair. Getting a prescription is simple. Their online consultation platform gives you convenient access to personalized treatment plans. Hair loss gets more and more difficult to treat the longer you wait, so seek help with them soon visit xyonhealth.com to get started that's xyonhealth.com and we're back
2: fabulous now nikki is there some advice you wanted to get from chelsea
3: yes i would like to honestly hear how the fuck do i write a book
0: Oh, you just got to start writing one, girl. (laughs) You just got to open your computer and start. That is the biggest hurdle is just start it and -hmm. write and just give yourself an hour a day, 30 minutes, whatever you can handle initially, and then you get into it. You start to get into it because I just did this the other day because I was like, my book agents were like, oh, we need a book proposal. I'm like, a book proposal? I fucking read six New York Times (laughs) number one bestsellers. I'm like, just go. Really? Yeah, well, I'm not doing that. But anyway, I'm like, I'll write the book and I'll fucking sell it. So you just have to start writing. I just opened my computer and I just literally wrote the title the filipino in me a love story chelsea handler and i started writing and (laughs) i wrote two paragraphs and they're not going to ever end up like those are the first two paragraphs of my book but once you just start it flows it comes it comes but you have to give yourself the avenue you just have to open that document and say and write a title and start and it will come to you. You're a prolific performer, a comedian, a writer. Like, you're a creator. The first hurdle is the biggest hurdle. And then it all kind of works itself out. It's just out. starting. Yeah. Okay. And it's, you know what's so great about it, Nikki? You're going to appreciate the cleverness and craftiness of that artistic endeavor because it differs from stand-up, yet it feeds, they both feed each other. You know, my books always turn into a stand-up special and then turn into, like, a TV show that I want to develop. or an, yeah. An, and Yeah. And a stand-up tour. So, like... Yeah, just you know that it all works in that kind of creative circle and it all goes together and then you're going to just you're going to get into it. I know you will. What
3: about from your first book to your book you're writing now? What would you have told yourself when you started that first book that you maybe didn't know that you've learned from writing so many?
0: Just the more authentic you are, you know, like there's so many people that are going to relate to your stories. I mean, my first book was about one night stands. I just did. It was yeah. called My Horizontal Life, a collection of one night oh, stands. Yeah. And my last book, it was a, Life Will Be the Death of Me, a complete evolution from my 20 year old self to my 40 year old self. And like self-awareness, self-discovery, self-exploration, all those terms. And. I was so into learning about writing and about sentence structure and about storytelling that I was soaking it all up. You know, I would mm. write and then I, my editor and I worked really closely together to edit like three hours every morning once I had everything down on the page. And I couldn't get enough of it because like I understood what certain phrases were, what words were, what, how you use a clause, like when do you use a, like an em dash versus an N dash. All those little things. It's yeah. fun to learn the use of language. That's why mm-hmm. I'm such a a, I love language like I love words if I don't know a word I have to look it up I can't go Same. on yes so yes. I think anyone who has a real like love of language which I think every comedian does enjoys the process of writing a book all right all right it sounds like you just do it you, you just gotta just do it. start it start it today open your computer and just
3: start I mean I have started is the problem <laughs> like it's just hard for me I'll I'll write like a ton and I'll send it to, like, I have a woman that I kind of hired to, like, help me structure it and, and and help me figure out what the theme is and all this stuff. It's just painful. I like stand-up because I just get on stage and start talking and the jokes kind of come out. Like, I don't ever sit down and write. And I think it's just being okay with being uncomfortable. I'm just getting, I've structured my life so I'm never uncomfortable anymore and I just do what I want. And writing a book is is just as uncomfortable as starting stand-up and I just have to be open to it.
0: Yeah, well, I would argue that if you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing as much as you could be. Totally. You know, you have to be uncomfortable. Yes.
3: Yes. Okay. I'll get uncomfortable. I'll do it. Okay. That. I mean, that's kind of, yeah, I just wanted,
0: just do it. Like, <laughs> there's no trick. Just put on your Nikes and put on your Nike shirt <laughs> that says just do it and then act like you're Serena Williams and write that fucking book. <laughs> all right. All right. It's as simple as that. It's simple. Ugh. It's simple, easy breezy. Well, this was just a delight, Nikki. This was awesome. So much fun. Oh, my God. I love you guys. Yeah, this was great. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. And you can catch Nikki's show on E! Her reality yeah. show's on E! She's also on tour. It's called One Night with Nikki Glazer. You can get tickets at NikkiGlazer.com or probably Ticketmaster, right, Nikki?
3: Yep, yep. Yeah. And then my podcast. I do every day, Monday through Thursday. Okay,
0: and where can people find your podcast?
3: It's just, uh, you uh, anywhere you get podcasts, it's called the Nikki Glazer Podcast, and there's tons of episodes, but it's one of those podcasts that you can just jump in. You don't need to, like, listen to back ones. I think a lot of people don't listen to new podcasts because they're like, oh, how am I going to catch up? Just jump in and join us. It's me and my roommate just and my producer just, like, hanging out and talking and sharing and being really, really super honest. And it's funny and it's real, and I just love it, so... Experience Is that your podcast. roommate in St. Louis? Yeah. Well, he moved out. He's he's still in the same building, but he got a girlfriend, so he moved out. So now I live alone, but yeah, Andrew Collin. Oh, okay, cool. All
0: right, cool. Thank you, Nikki. I'll see you soon.
3: Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you, Catherine. Bye, Bye. guys. See you soon. Bye. Take
2: care. So if you'd like to ask Chelsea a question, email us at Project at gmail.com.